In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They existed because he made them, but he hadn't finished with them yet, and so the world was engulfed in deepest darkness. Chaos reigned, and it existed in lifeless emptiness. And so, intent on bringing light into the darkness, order to the chaos and life to fill the emptiness, his spirit hovered and brooded over the face of the waters. Now, how he actually did it, I don't know. No one does, because I wasn't there. No one was. I wasn't watching over the creator's shoulder as he took absolutely nothing and turned it into something, or when, at a word, he started the sun blazing in all its glory. But what I do know is that this is no work of mankind. We played no part in the creation. Let's face it, God didn't ask us how to form the world and separate the land and sea, or the mechanism he should use when he hurried the stars on their journey into deep space. He didn't discuss with us how tall the cedar tree should be, or how many leaves the clover should have, or what colour and scent the flowers of the valleys and mountains should be, or where the animals and birds should live, or even how many insects there should be in a single tree. How he did it all, I don't know. Yes, we can look at the processes he may have used and try to understand his wonderful ways and the mechanisms with which he rules and runs the whole universe, but that's trying to think God's thoughts a long, long time after he thought them. And to be frank, Knowing how he did it won't help us understand why he did it. But what I can see from the Bible's account is that God meant to create the world and everything in it, and that somehow even the evil that came later into the perfect created world isn't outside of his control. That means he meant to create you and me. We're not accidents. Also, I know that God made all this to show us how great and beyond our comprehension he is so that when you look at a giant snow-covered mountain or the wing of a tiny fly, you can marvel at the incredible wisdom and skill of the Creator's handiwork. And as you wonder at all he's done, worship and praise him. And I see this as well. God planned all this to show us how much he loves us. That as creator of the whole universe, he can take care of all our needs, so that what we really need to do is learn to trust him. I mean, if he's made it all, and in his mighty power is sustaining it, then how foolish it is to doubt his ability to meet our needs and take care of us. Because if he's sustaining us all, then that means he knows it all, our every need, our every thought, everything about us, and that he has the power and the will to help us. But imagine if you were there when the world was first created, and just a ball floating in deepest, deepest darkness, and covered with raging seas. All there is, is darkness, chaos, and lifeless emptiness, and yet in the darkness, although you can't see him, the Spirit of God is hovering and brooding over the new creation. He is there, passionate to complete his work, ready to bring light into darkness, order out of chaos, and life where there's emptiness. Then into the darkness, the chaos and the nothingness, a word is spoken, a word the likes of which has never been heard before. Because this is a word of power, a word of creation, no normal word, but exploding with power and pregnant with purpose. It is a word that cannot be unspoken, a word that cannot be undone, and a word that can and will change everything, giving birth in total fulfilment for it is a word spoken with the power and authority of the Lord God of all creation. 
and filling the creation with its resonance, this word bursts forth, completing its task as the darkness is overwhelmed once and for all with light. Now darkness must flee away and can no longer reign as God steps forth in power to change everything. And then the creation waits as the hand of the Creator weighs heavy upon it. Darkness has gone and chaos trembles as the creation waits in eager anticipation for what the Creator will do next. Although the seas still roar, covering the earth, apparently intent on holding it in chaos, somehow now their sound, their voice, seems so weak, so unimpressive since the Creator has spoken. It's as if the voice of the roaring seas is nothing but a whisper when compared with the orchestra of the creation symphony of God, for once again he speaks with words that cannot be disobeyed, words that fill everything with an urgent longing, for their complete being cannot rest until what is commanded has been obeyed. And so the seas start to withdraw, and the sky appears, that thin blue halo surrounding the world that can be seen from outer space. Chaos has started to give way to order, and it cannot be undone. And then another day, and once again the universe is filled with the sound of the Creator's voice, and the waters rush to obey their Lord's command, receding down even further until dry ground appears, just as He had commanded. Imagine if you were there, walking on that dry ground. The winds are howling, and the seas raging, but their boundaries have been set and they dare not disobey. Chaos is giving way to order, but this is still an empty world. Life's not been created yet. Then another powerful, insistent and irresistible word from the Creator has trees all around you racing up towards the skies to see which will be the tallest, the strongest and the broadest. While as far as the eye can see, bushes and plants appear as green races out to cover every square centimetre of this new world the Lord has created just as He commanded. And then the air is filled with a wonderful fragrance as the flowers appear in all their glory, as if saying thank you to the Creator for the new life they've been given. That night you sleep well on a bed of soft moss, and the next morning as you get up you hear, no, your whole body feels, experiences and knows that the Creator's irresistible, transforming voice has spoken and commanded yet again. And suddenly, as if in immediate answer to his command, you have to cover your eyes for a huge ball of light has ignited in the sky. I mean, somehow there was light before, but now the Lord has made the sun and it's blazing down with warmth and light and the flowers and the leaves all turn to face it, rejoicing in its warmth. And that night as you sleep, you sleep under a new moon, a brand new moon, as it softly and silently shimmers down in all its glory, while the stars laugh and twinkle in the sky, as if marvelling at the wonderful things God has done. The next morning, as the sun rises, you get up early to taste some of the new fruit that's appeared on the trees and bushes. And as you taste it, you hear and feel the Creator's powerful voice once again. And as he stops speaking, ten thousand times ten thousand tiny voices reply in song, all singing at once, the Lord's created birds, and they're trying out their voices, praising the Creator for the new life they've received. And then they try out their wings, soaring into the sky, rejoicing in the gifts the Creator's given them. The emptiness is no more, 
as a still and silent world has become one full of noise and motion. As you watch the birds flying around, eating the fruit and rejoicing in the new creation, you make your way down to the sea, and as you walk along the shore, you see schools of fish nibbling at seaweed, and there, beyond the shallows, you see giant black objects below the waves, making their way to deeper waters. The Lord God has created the fish and the creatures of the sea. The next morning you're woken rather earlier than you would have liked as the birds welcome the rising sun and the new day. And as you get up to have some fruit and explore some more, once again the Creator's voice resonates throughout creation, bidding, commanding into being what was not there before. At first it's not altogether obvious what's happened until you feel something rubbing against your leg. As you look down, you freeze in terror, for right there beside you is an enormous tiger, sniffing at your leg and trying to work out what you are. But it's okay, for now tigers aren't dangerous because nothing bad's entered the world yet. The tiger doesn't find you very interesting anyway and wanders off. And as you watch him leave, you feel something tapping the top of your head. Turning around to see what it is, you struggle for breath for you find yourself staring into the face of a giant bull elephant. You hadn't noticed before that you were standing right between his enormous tusks, and his trunk is playing with your hair, trying to work out if it can be eaten. Thankfully, after a few painful tugs, he decides it can't be, and as silently as he came, he disappears off into the forest. Then, as you look around, you see some hedgehogs snuffling in the bushes nearby, and there in the distance you see some deer and gazelle moving majestically away, the creators at work, and you want to see it. So you walk through the forest trying to find the clearing where God is at work. After a long search, and after having seen so many incredible things in this new creation, you eventually find the place where God himself is in his act of creation. You've arrived just in time to see him starting on his last creature, and when you find him, you can't take your eyes off him and all he's doing dumbfounded by the love and care of the creator at work. There are still a few animals around, a little dog that seems so happy with everything it looks like its tail's about to wag off, but he soon disappears off to investigate all the wonderful new smells. And as the creator works, soon the horses and giraffes realise that this animal is going to be altogether smaller than them, and they lift their noses in a very superior manner and wander off into the forest. So it's only you and the monkeys left watching the creator at work. And then something urgent seems to demand the monkeys' attention high up in the trees above, and they run off screaming and shouting and chasing one another, until it's only you left watching the creator, the lord of all the earth the one who had brought light into the darkness, order to the chaos and life into the empty world, take incredible care as he makes this last creature. Now this creature is to be altogether different from all the others, for it's to be like God himself. Yes, it still has arms and legs and needs food, and it's going to live in this world God has made. But it's also going to be able to think, be creative, reason and work things out like God. God's going to give it a job. It's going to have to start to look after the world and take care of it in a way that's pleasing to God. But most of all, this creature and its offspring are being made to have a loving relationship with God himself. God, the creator and sustainer of all, will be their father and they will be his children. 
And to show this, the Creator, God himself, blows the breath of life into the nostrils of the first man, and he comes to life. The Creator's looking across at you now and smiling. It's time for you to go, but don't worry, the Creator's not going to leave. He didn't create this world like a big clock that he wound up and left to run down. No, he's going to stay involved all the way through, from beginning to end. He's going to plant a garden for the man to live and work in, and he's going to make a wife for the man, and they'll have children. So don't worry, God's still involved in his creation. He always will be. He's made it, and he loves it. He's made you, and he loves you too. And he wants to speak powerful, irresistible creation words into your life. Words to bring light into the darkness you face. Words to bring order to the chaos of your life, distorted by sin. And words to bring you new life where there's emptiness. And what are these words? Well, they're found in another book of the Bible that starts with the same words, in the beginning. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And who is this Word? This Word is Jesus. Jesus is the one who brought light, order and life in the very beginning at creation. And he is God's word of power, waiting to banish the darkness you face with his light of truth, the chaos caused by sin in your life with his victory, and the emptiness you experience with himself, life in all its fullness.